talk and talk. Welcome to a, another episode of Divi Chat. We have a super awesome, very important topic for you today. So uh, definitely stick around to hear all the incredible advice that we're going to get, but also our awesome group of loyal live um Divi chatters that that join in the live chat and and contribute their thoughts and stuff and so uh, they're just as much part of Divi chat as as we are here on the screen. So um, thank you everyone for joining us live. Uh, let us know right now in the chat where you're joining us from geographically in the world. We always love to hear that and sometimes uh, we see people every day or every week, but we don't really know where people are from. So let us know. Um, so today we are talking about updates and updates that break your site. So the title of today's episode is a Divi update broke my site. Now what? Um, obviously this is Divi chat, so that's where we're focusing, but really we can talk about any type of WordPress update, WordPress itself, plugin update or themed update, because what we're going to talk about today is really um, going to be applicable to any type of, of update that you do. Now, a couple of things I want to say is Divi is software, WordPress is software, plugin is software, and software has bugs. And so this is just a part of running a website. Like you're going to run into this at one point or another. And it's not that Divi is bad software or WordPress is bad software. It's just that they're software and software has bugs. And uh, especially WordPress, uh, just the open source nature of it, where you have core software that's developed by different people than themes and different people than plugins. And there's just so much going on. So it's going to happen. So yeah, before we dive into all the steps, let's meet our awesome panelists starting. Uh, we'll go around. Um, well, actually, Sarah, Eric, me. Yeah, there we go. Okay. All right. We're going backwards today. Hi, guys. I am Sarah Oates from Endure Web Studios. You can catch me at endure.com.au or Endure Web on the socials. And the reason we were seven after today was because we were chatting all things COVID because two out of the three of us have COVID and I'm not one of them. <laughs> so, so far, I've still avoided it. And so I was asking all the advice on, you know, I love hearing well, I don't love it, but I find it interesting to hear what the experience is like for everybody because I think I'm anticipating that it's only a matter of time. So that's what we were chatting about before. That's me. Awesome. Hey, everybody. Uh, my name's Eric Dingler, and I am with DiviAgencyCoach.com, uh, as well as my agencies uh, in transit studios and Coastal City Creative. And I am still in the Middle East. We are in Istanbul, Turkey. And so I'll say hello. And I've learned to say it in Turkish, Meraba. So Meraba, everyone. Nice. Awesome. Uh, hey, everyone. Tim Streifler here. I'm broadcasting from San Clemente, California. And you can find me online at divilife.com, where I have all my Divi plugins, child themes, layouts, and tutorials. And yes, Sarah said, I have had COVID. I'm like, I didn't get it that bad. Just it's just been lingering symptoms. Eric, it sounds like he has, he's a little bit behind me. So he's still kind of in the middle of it from the sound of it, but um, yeah, not fun. So if you're out there struggling with COVID, just know that we're with you. <laughs> yeah. um, so a Divi update broke my site. As I mentioned during the intro, uh, it's is not really specific to Divi because what we're talking about can be applicable to any type of, of website. Um, so I think, we can cover kind of two areas here. One is you just updated, it broke your site. What do you do now? Um, but then also we can talk about some steps to prevent 
that situation from ever happening. So um, let's stay true to the title and and help our listeners figure out what to do if they just broke their site. And then we'll, we'll, we'll talk about best practice after that. Um, so yeah, Sarah, Eric, whoever wants to jump in and talk about what you do when you just broke your site with the Divi update. Take it away, Sarah. Yeah. All right. Um, okay. So it depends on how you break your site in some ways. So um, if you did a Divi update and that's what broke your site, but the front end of it is still looking okay. Oh, sorry. The front end of it, the front end of it looking dead end of it is still manageable. Like you can still get into your site. There's different levels of broken, right? Like there's broken where you now cannot log into your website. And then there's broken in terms of the front end of your website looks completely wrong, like just completely melted down. Not loading your style sheet correctly type of thing. Yeah. So if it's just a matter of the fact that your website looks wrong on the front end, and it could be when you're logged in or you could do it incognito and say that it's when you're logged out. Either way, if it's looking a bit funny, the first step that I would go through is just trying to make sure you've cleared all the levels of caching. So there's all sorts of levels of caching. We've done whole episodes on caching, so feel free to go back and look at those. But, you know, there's Divi caching. So there's within, you might have the Divi caching turned on in the Divi settings. So that's Divi theme options. Firstly, you might want to check the performance tab. Then you might want to check the advanced. Uh, is it advanced? Mm. There's another tab that you're going to check, and it's got... Think, yeah, um, Builder. The the builder tab, yes. And that's got some caching that you can clear there. And then in the theme options right down the bottom, there's another option that you can kind of turn on and off. Um, Then you've got your actual caching itself. So you might have like a caching plugin. And so you might want to clear that cache. Um, And then you might actually have hosting caching as well. And so you may need to go clear that. So that would be the first step to just check. It might not be that Divi or the plugin itself has killed the whole site. It might just be that something isn't interacting well with the cache. And therefore, once you clear that, it's actually okay. And it didn't actually clear, um, kill it. And in some ways, that's like the best case scenario when something looks like it's broken, because it means you can still have the update. But it also means that you can kind of fix this issue. So that would be my first step. Um, but the second step would be if that doesn't fix it, and it was Divi, there is a rollback feature for Divi specifically. So um, that's a really nice feature because I've I've never actually used it. So I can't like talk to it being amazing or whatever, but there is a rollback feature in the Divi theme area. Um, And then you can, I think it's the furthest tab. It's where you put your login details. Yeah, Yeah, that's it, updates. Sorry, you know all the tabs. I don't know the tabs. I just kind of (laughs) click around. Um, But yeah, there's a rollback feature. And so you can roll back to the most recent version. So if it was Divi specifically that killed it, and I would advise when you're doing updates, don't just update everything at once. So, you know, if you're going to do updates, you're probably just updating Divi on its own. Well, you can't really update Divi with other things other than other themes. So you're going to know if Divi was the thing that killed it. So that's a really good step. If it's WordPress and if it's plugins, well, then we're going to get into other stuff. I'll let someone else talk for a minute in case I've like missed bits and pieces, but that would be my first step if it is Divi to check, is it just caching or could you just roll back to the version before? Because that's the very simplest way to move forward. And I'll just add to that, Sarah, with the cache. Um, A couple things that I sometimes forget about is I put Cloudflare on every site that I build. Well, Cloudflare does have a cache. And so that's another layer of cache that you're going to want to make sure you clear 
Um, and then also browser cache is another big one because if your browser has a older version of Divi's style sheet uh, yeah. or whatever style sheet loaded in in the cache and then all of a sudden Divi updates and now it's loading the old version but has content from a newer version you know whatever then things are going to look out of whack so you want to make sure that you clear that browser cache too which the Safari browser cache is very stubborn it doesn't want to yeah. clear and if you, you like there's multiple things you can do to help clear and then they don't always work so always check in multiple browsers incognito windows something that i like to do is i have a browser like i use chrome and safari mainly and then i have firefox like i don't i literally it's a reset browser like there's no there's no history there's no cookies there's nothing and i keep it purely for testing stuff, knowing that there's no browser cache, there's nothing that could conflict. And that's just a, a habit that I got into that I, I find helpful um, is just keeping it as an empty browser in its original state to test things. And then I just test it in, in a private window incognito and then that's it. So it never builds up any, any uh, baggage, like so that. to speak. Yeah. Eric, anything to add? I would say one of the things that uh, happens to me, it seems more than than anything is uh, the the front end of the site won't work, and for whatever reason, the maintenance file doesn't get cleared oh, out. Yeah, yeah. Um, so you know, I've got to go in and find that and delete that file. Uh, so that is something I've learned to kind of check right away. You know, after the the cache stuff, so just. Or even before the cache, I would, you know, if I can't get the front end of yeah. the site to load, that's kind of the first thing I check. Yeah, and that usually, sorry. You'll that see that. It's a widescreen. Yeah, it'll be a widescreen. It'll it'll usually have the like the maintenance mode text, right? That says like we'll be right back or something like that. Yeah. Sometimes. Yeah, and I think it, it it might even be in the URL as well at the end of the URL. I think it might oh, I have, have to look there. I think it has the maintenance.php there i think um, like it's been a while since that's happened to me so if that does happen to you so there's two ways you can approach it one way is if you have ftp access then you can um go into your ftp client and kind of log in that way but most people don't have ftp set up ready to go so for most people if that happens to you you are going to have to go into your hosting settings and then go into the actual files area and then once you get into the files area you want to go to I think it's um, HTTP, uh, well, sorry, you want to go into kind of the main folder. So whatever the main folder is where all of your files live. So when you open that file, you're going to see like WP admin folder and WP content. There'll be a file called maintenance.php. And what happens is when an update happens, the maintenance.php file moves from a hidden folder further in out to the main and so it gets prioritized but sometimes that file forgets to disappear after it's finished so the process is it's supposed to disappear is it dot maintenance i feel like it's dot maintenance or maybe it's maintenance. Right. i think it's dot maintenance anyway what you're wanting to look for is that maintenance file and then you just delete it so you don't have to be afraid you don't need to remove it somewhere else you just have to delete it and then if you refresh your page it should then load back up Happy days. Yeah, part of the update process is WordPress is supposed to delete it automatically, but sometimes yeah. that doesn't happen. Um, and sometimes yeah, WordPress... that can happen if you click update and then you get impatient and you don't wait for it to go all the way through to the bottom thing where it says 
this has been completed and you think because sometimes you think oh it's finished but it's just taking a really long time and so you get impatient and then you click away sometimes you've interrupted that process somehow I don't know how it yeah. happens but yeah that no, has that makes happened sense. to me before yeah definitely so okay so we tried clearing cash now we've done the divi rollback um chances are that's going to fix your issue if it was a divi issue actually and it wasn't yeah. something related to cash or another plugin and stuff but as sarah mentioned it's always best to do things one at a time like you update divi and then you test your site then you update uh you know one plugin or a couple plugins uh and then you test and then you know depending on how many updates you have to do um but before we talk about all the things you can do for plugins and stuff my update process that I do for every site, it's just automatic, is I always, always, always test updates in the staging environment. And so um, for the hosting that I use, staging is one click away and it's automatic. You can recopy your live site to your staging and it's just there to test updates on and, and different things like that. So I always test updates in staging first and then make sure that everything works there. So then I never have any type of panic moment on the live site. Uh, I guess technically it is possible that uh, you could test something on the staging site and it works and then it doesn't work on the live site, but that I've never run into that. Um, so chances are that won't happen. So, um, and so chances that's are my that procedure. would be caching if that, if that did happen right. because yeah. staging sites generally don't have the same level of caching. And so things can work perfectly in staging. And then once it's on the live site, it suddenly doesn't work. And that's often to do with the fact that there's some level of caching that either has it cleared or is conflicting somehow. Right. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So, yep. so yeah, my process Then I don't have to be as careful in the staging environment. I can, I'll just do all the updates and then test. And then if, <laughs> if, if there is any type of issue, then I kind of backstep and I like restore the yeah. staging. Then I do it more slowly one at a time to try to isolate where the issue is. But um, yeah, but that's my process. So, staging is like best practice, right? But realistically for a lot of people, it's it's not going to happen like they're not going to put it into staging i would i would put a really big site into staging or i'd put uh something that maybe is woocommerce or yeah. you know something where there's a lot of complexity or a lot of custom yeah. stuff going on then i'd put it into staging but i would say like most of my sites we would run a backup which backups happen every day and for most sites they don't even need a backup to happen just before i update because they're not making changes. And right. so really yeah. the daily backup is enough and I can run it. And if something happens, I, my my inclination most of the time is just to roll back to the backup because that's the quickest way to restore the site. And then I can go, okay, well, that didn't work. So now I'm going to put it into staging and yeah. now I'm going to work out why and how I can actually properly do this. And, you know, if you're doing it at a time when it's not a terrible time to do it, usually there's maybe three minutes of inconvenience. That's not the end of the world when it comes to most websites, which yeah. I get that it's not like best practice, best practice. But if you're updating 40 sites then, and you need to do updates weekly, you're not going to put 40 sites into staging before you update them. But for any really right. big update or any really complex website, I would definitely do that. Yeah, absolutely. And that's the thing is not not every hosting company is going to have that built in and to set it up it is more complicated takes more time and then even if you already do have it it is an extra step as sarah mentioned but the backup like 
I feel like there's no excuse to not do backups before you update or like Sarah oh, said, if you have it automatic every day, it's like, okay, well, you might not need to do it right before you update because unless it's like a WooCommerce or they're making regular changes, then it's different. Yeah. But if it's like a small business website, they don't make any changes, like really your daily backups really I only need weekly backups on those, but I just like to have daily backups on everybody, anybody, anyway. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, then the other mm-hmm. option, so I have this one really tricky site that is a pain in the butt and I don't have access to their backups. And so what I've done with that site is I've put that one in Manage WP and I pay the monthly fee for, it's like a dollar or something like that for there to be um, the safe updates. And so then what I can do in Manage WP is I run all of their updates through Manage WP and I do it with safe updates. So the way it works is it runs an update, uh, sorry, a backup, and then it does all of the updates and then it shows you a side-by-side comparison and lets you know like if it's looking like it went okay and then you can say, yes, I'm really happy and then it kind of goes ahead, but you've got this option to kind of roll back straight away. And it's it's like it protects you along the way as you as you do it. So for any really tricky sites, I think that's worth the extra dollar a month or whatever, and then running them through Manage WP just because you've got that really quick way of, whereas my host has one click restore, like Tim's host um, has like an easy backup restore. I think picking a host that has a one click up backup and one click restore is the best investment you can make. Like totally. that is going to save the panic from you so many times over because running restores from like, um, what are the plugins I, I used to use? Uh, Updraft Plus, those kind of ones. Oh. They're good. It's not that they're not good, but the amount of time they take and if it completely kills your back end, for example, you have to install a fresh version of WordPress, install the man, the Updraft Plus plugin, and then run the Updraft backup. That process yeah. could take you an hour. And so yeah. the stress of that compared to having a one-click restore in your host, I think. And if you don't have that, then I would say pay for managed WP's safe updates because I think it makes a really big difference. Yeah, having having server level backups or something like Managed WP and there's other competitors as well is yeah. night and day difference compared to plugin backups. I, again, plugin backups are kind of like the the first. I remember when uh, I think it was like 2011 when WordPress backup plugins first started to come onto the scene, and it was a big deal because so many people mm-hmm. weren't backing up their sites using cheap shared hosting. They didn't have any type of I backup. Can't even imagine play. the stress. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then it was like iThemes came out with Backup Buddy and then there's some other um, uh, Back WP app. I think it was one that came out around the oh, time. Oh, yeah, too. yeah. Remember that? Yeah. And it was like the, there was like a big deal and it they weren't really they were selling the features, but really they were selling like the concept of backing up your site. Like that was their sales pitch was like, you need to back up your site. Here's our plugin. Um, yeah. Now, pretty much everyone who's been using WordPress for some time knows that backing up is essential so now it's like well which way do you want to do it or do you want multiple points of failure and have you know several layers of backups which is never a bad idea on an important site but yeah 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 anything eric on your end does so i know you you're big on um divi space hosting do they have server level backups and stuff like that yes in fact so we use divi space hosting and we have all of our sites there backed up um, and do a daily backup on those. 
and one click restore it's, it's really great and then we also have all of our sites in managed wp um nice. and so yeah. we have the paid backup there and even with a couple hundred sites because of bundling and things like that now my managed wp monthly bill has got up to about it's like 120 dollars a month but it makes it very easy for us to update yeah. sites um we can send client reports and stuff like that but um you know so it's it's a, a it's a cost of that but it just makes it so much easier to restore now i i will say manage wp has started to in the last six months or so not be as reliable with larger sites that's why it's nice to have the server level where yeah. divi space hosting has never let us down yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, no, and I, I love that. Just having that like dual, like you have multiple yeah. backups from completely different sources being stored completely different places. So like if some yeah. freak accident happens and like managed WP goes down and loses everyone's backups or whatever, which is right. pretty unlikely, but hey, you know, anything can happen. You at least yeah. have all the backups from the other other uh, source at the server too, so. Yeah. yeah. Well, even yeah, just accessing another... the back end of the site, you know, if if manage WTP somehow they gets disconnected, you know, I can just jump into yeah. the server real quick and log in there before I have to go then into LastPass and start digging for one of 146, you know, passwords. Yeah. So, that's awesome. Um, I'm looking here in the chat. Uh, Sarah, can you? There's quite a few people saying they're not a big fan of managed WP. I'm seeing that. So I've seen Danny say that. She said, not a fan. I've started mo moving over to WP Remote. And then someone else said that they, was it Miro? Uh, Miro said, I love managed WP, but I would not depend on those backups. If the site breaks, managed WP can't work as well. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm definitely not saying it's the only option. And this site that's really tricky that I have it on, we can, there are server backups, but you have to go through the support system. And so if we needed to access it, we could access the server backups, but we would have to go through support and then they would have to, you know, activate the backup. That could take hours potentially. So I wanted to have something that I could instantly use. And sure, it might fail, but at least it's something that I've got access to immediately. So I definitely recommend um, having something and having multiple is always a great option. And if you are st uh, storing your back, like doing server backup, sorry, I'd recommend um, having an option where you store it offsite. So that if that server dies, it's the same as your emails, not having your emails on your same server as your website. If your server dies, then it's just got that level of separation and so I use OneDrive because I pay for Office 365 and you get a terabyte of storage and actually I'm using like the family one so you, know, you get like five licenses and then I've just created a bunch of like email accounts alias email accounts so I have like backups and tech and like all these different ones and so then I've just got multiple terabytes worth of storage that I can use all under the one 365 license so that's a hot tip for, and then I just use it for backups and that's it. And I use Dropbox for other things. So yeah, that's awesome. That's one way to yeah. manage that. And, and actually that's another thing uh, on that note with hosting and server backups is figuring out where they store their, their backups. Most like responsible hosts, like they automatically store it 
something were completely different. Like for example, that would be WP good. Engine, they store their backups on uh, S3 with Amazon, and they don't use Amazon for hosting. They use Google's cloud, I think, exclusively. I could be wrong, but um, so it's a completely different thing. So it's it's not on the same server. So it's like like that's great. I think it was um, back in the day when server backup started to become more popular. It was like hosting companies would say like, oh, we have server level backups, but it was like stored in the same exact place. So like it, yeah. it works for if like there's an issue with something on your site and you just want to roll back and, that, and that's great. Nice. Same thing with like plugin backups. But if your site actually goes down and the server crashes and there's something that's lost, like that's not going to help you having the backups on the same server. So yeah. yeah. I would say I most most hosts would work that way, where it's just kind of stored within the same filing system as your actual website. So definitely like check on that. And if it is that way, which I would say a lot of them are that way, I think WP Engine really kind of steps it up in terms of a lot of areas. Um, but I think a lot of them are on the one thing. So, you know, you might need to pay a little bit extra to be able to store it externally, but I think it's worth it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, OneDrive is great. Danny just said, um, I have not heard of OneDrive. Is that just for storing backups? Um, OneDrive is just the Office 365, oh, um, storage gotcha. system. It's like their Google Drive, like except Google Drive. for gotcha. Office 365. Yeah. So yeah. it just comes, you get a terabyte for free when you buy Office 365. And I would say almost all of us need Office 365. So um, it's just one of those things where almost everybody has this one terabyte just sitting there available and they're not using it. So, and no one wants to use OneDrive for like sharing files. So it's kind of a good, a good way to just use it. Yeah, definitely. Um, so I'm going to, I'm going to say something kind of controversial when it comes to updates, um, <laughs> before everyone cusses me out and, uh, pushes me out of Divi chat. Um, I'll explain why, but my controversial statement is you don't have to update Divi just because it says must update, <laughs> right? It's so not controversial. <laughs> it's controversial. Not with three of us. Yeah. No. Uh, with, within WordPress, like uh, WordPress in general has more vulnerabilities than maybe other systems or like a static HTML site. And so like people that are anti-WordPress will say like, oh yeah, WordPress sites gets hacked. And that's true. However, yeah. it's the only reason why it's true is because WordPress is so huge that bots can easily figure out if a site's WordPress and then try to exploit different vulnerabilities um, with, and they're able to do that on a large scale. And so, um, and then, so the kind of the defense of that is, well, if, as long as your website is properly kept up to date, because uh, a lot of times the sites that get hacked haven't been updated in years and are using very old versions of WordPress, very old versions of plugins and themes and stuff like that. And that's true. Um, and I'm not saying like neglect your site for years and don't do any updates, but uh, in general, like especially with Divi, as well as other reputable uh, plugin uh, companies and stuff like that, if there's some sort of vulnerability that's discovered, they will be shouting that from the rooftops. So it's happened, I think, since I've been an Elegant Things customer, maybe three times, where they sent out an email to everyone who, who was ever a customer saying, 
we had we found a vulnerability it's patched in this version make sure you update even if you don't have a active subscription like here's how to to download it anyways like we're going to give it to you for free so you can patch your site type of thing and then make yeah. it very clear and it's posted everywhere and like everyone talks about it on any type of wordpress blog so um and same thing with like uh popular reputable plugin companies they'll make it known if there's a vulnerability found that they fixed so as long as you're kept up to date you don't necessarily have to make every single divi update right if you completed a client site and everything's perfect and then like the next second divi like does a big update for a feature um it's a major feature update you don't necessarily have to go and do that update just because it's there if you don't need yeah. the features and everything's working properly so that's something it's kind of controversial because for one there's the whole security element but then also it's like as web designers clients are paying you know maintenance plans to do updates and stuff so obviously if your client's paying you for weekly updates and stuff like do what they're paying you to do i'm not suggesting otherwise but in general just because there's a new Divi update doesn't mean you have to update. So wanted to get that well, off my chest. Well, what they're paying you for is for your knowledge of knowing when to update. So yeah, I true. think like usually what I try and communicate to my clients is I will I will endeavor to run updates weekly. However, I will keep an eye on any vulnerabilities that come out and I'll do it within 24 hours if there is a vulnerability. So they're paying me partly to keep my knowledge up on where the vulnerabilities are. So I get those day, I pay for those daily um, emails that come through and tell you when vulnerabilities in plugins come out. And then I can make sure I go check any sites that have those plugins, make sure that they're updated within the 24 hours. Then weekly, I'll generally run plugin updates in general. Um, but same with Divi, like I will not update Divi. Um, I will never update Divi when it's on a zero at the end, ever, ever. <laughs> um, but I will update every now and then. And basically I just say that to the client, like don't worry if this looks like it hasn't been updated in a while. I mean, they don't normally have that access, but some of them do. And so if they do, I just say to them, like Divi really doesn't need to be updated unless there is a security update or unless we want the new features. And so it's only going to cause us little bugs here and there that we have to fix. So I'm going to hold off and I'll just do it every few months. And as long as you're upfront with your client and you explain why, I will always update plugins um, well, again, depending on what plugin it is, like with Yoast and some of those guys, I still won't update it on a zero. I'll wait till they have at least wait a couple days. And then if it still hasn't come out with an update, then I might update it. But um, I like to wait and let other people have the bugs <laughs> that come yeah. through with these things and then I will update it. But I do run my plugin updates weekly because I don't necessarily trust them as much as I trust Divi. Um, right. And in terms of when they come out with updates, I definitely have heard of plugins coming out with updates and not disclosing that there was a security patch. And so I would just prefer to keep my plugins updated as much as I can weekly um, because I just think it is a better practice. But with WordPress, it's a similar thing for me. If it's point updates, it, I think they run automatically on my yeah. system anyway. And so they just run. I don't even do anything with them. They just happen on their own. When it's a big update, again, I'll hold off until we've been through, you know, often I'll hold off a couple of weeks unless it's a security one, which I think the last big one was a security one. And so therefore I had to update them. But it's that thing of they're paying you for your knowledge of when to update. And I think right. that's important to be communicating to your clients. Like, 
these ones need to be updated straight away. These ones you're meant to hold off on. These ones you can just do every now and then. They don't know that, but if they can understand, oh, I'm so glad I don't need to know all of that information, then it's actually a bit of right. a selling point. Um, so that's yeah, my no, thoughts for someone who's very security conscious. Th that's really good. Cause yeah, essentially what they're paying for is yeah. The, like you said, the knowledge, but to make sure that their website is running smoothly. And sometimes that means not updating. A lot of times it means not updating. <laughs> Sorry, yeah. Eric, you're going to say something. Yeah. I was going to say, uh, I follow pretty much the same process. I maybe, I probably don't hold off for a couple of weeks, you know, maybe a week. Uh, cause by then, you know, if you're in enough Facebook groups or get emails with WordPress, like, this is. Yeah. Yeah. Well, with WordPress or Divi, you know, it'll, you know, you'll, you'll see it all over the groups if, if there's a, if, if something's going wrong. So maybe I generally may maybe rate, rate about a week. Um, but for me, our thing is we, the thing I'll add on to this is we do updates on Tuesday um, or Wednesday, but I don't like doing updates on Thursday. And I tell the, the person on my team that does updates, please never run an update on Friday. <laughs> ever. Yeah. That's, um, so that's, that's kind of how I made that mistake so many times, like a 4 p.m. Uh, on a Friday. I'm like, ah, yeah. let's just run the updates. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, it's terrible. Uh, uh, several weeks ago, I was launching a site and it was a Saturday morning and like a goofball, I was like, oh, I'll just update it before I, you know, clone it from staging over. Uh, I was, you know, stuck the next couple hours. So, uh, yeah. 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 So for those who aren't aware, uh, updating on the weekend is not typically a great practice because one, you might be stuck having to do stuff when you wanted to like spend time with your family, do whatever. But then also, um, if you need a contact support, a lot of companies don't have support on weekends. And so yeah. then you're, you're stuck waiting until Monday. Of course, if you follow kind of the best practice, you can roll back and then wait until, <laughs> uh, during yeah. the week. But, um, yeah, however, for big sites doing updates, if you know, everything's tested during slower traffic times, which is a lot of times on weekends yeah. or late at night, whatever can be a really good thing because when you're doing the update, um when there's no traffic then there's less people to see something go wrong if they're on the site during that time so yeah definitely i think that's yeah definite good option somebody asked in the chat is there a specific order uh you know for updates do you do you know plugins first then the theme and then wordpress do you go the other way around any thoughts from either of you guys on that I think I always used to have really strong thoughts and now I'm like, I'm pretty sure I do plugins first and then Divi and then WordPress, but that doesn't always work because if there's a major update of WordPress, sometimes you can't update the thing, the plugins until you've updated WordPress itself. Or there's some things like WooCommerce, for example, if, you, if there's a big WooCommerce update, you can't update the other plug yeah the extensions until you've updated the main version of Word, woocommerce and so i think it depends on what the updates are in general i'll go plugins divi wordpress 
but not always. And I can't really give you full reasons why I would sometimes yeah. change that around. But I think when it's a major one, sometimes I tend to start with WordPress and then do the other ones, but I don't really know why I do that. So. Yeah, I've heard, I've heard people say different things for different reasons. And I think at the end of the day, it doesn't really matter as long as you're, you're testing things and you have a way to roll back, um, a yeah. backup, you know, like I don't think it's going to make or break, but, um, I typically go biggest to smallest. So I guess opposite of Sarah. So I, I'll go WordPress yeah. Divi plugins. And my thought process on that is if WordPress updates, then Divi has made change in some cases, if it needs to, it has made changes to its code in order to be compatible with whatever the new updates are in WordPress. And then same thing. It, yeah. uh, using a lot of Divi plugins or plugins that, you know, have compatibility with Divi. If Divi changes, then they're going to have changed something in their code. So it's like I make those changes first and then the things that rely on those changes, then I make them after. Again, it's this is just like a personal <laughs> preference type of thing because I haven't not noticed really a right a, an issue this. with yeah. going one way or the other, other than the things like when there's something that is particularly reliant on something else, like right. WooCommerce extensions on WooCommerce or... Um, sometimes when there's a major version of WordPress. But I think it's gone both ways. Sometimes it's been better to do the plugin first um, and then go to the big thing. But if you're doing them pretty quickly one after the other, I think it doesn't really matter. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's one of those things where it, people will have opinions and they'll swear by them, but at the end of the day, it doesn't really matter. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's right. <laughs> do what works for you. It'll be fine. Use your backups. Yeah, yeah that's what I honestly, that's the biggest thing. Like if if we could like the too long don't watch version of this episode is uh, do a backup before you update your site. <laughs> that's all you okay, need. Okay, so what about we talk about that? what you do when you go, okay, this killed my site. There is obviously a plugin somewhere that has caused an issue. So like for the most part, WordPress is just WordPress, like whatever. It's it's not going to kill your site unless you're running a really old theme. So assuming we're all using Divi, assuming we all have licenses that can update and Divi and WordPress are going to work pretty well together. They're both updated. Happy days shouldn't be a problem. <laughs> most of the times the issue is going to come where there's a conflict with one of your plugins and something else. So maybe one of the plugins with another plugin, one of your plugins with Divi, one of your plugins with WordPress shouldn't be, but if it's not updated and you updated WordPress before the plugin was ready to be updated, then you could have an issue there. So say one of those scenarios happens to you. And then of course you go, holy crap, roll back. <laughs> and then you put it in staging and you go over to your staging. Now, what do we do? How do we work out what the heck is causing the issue? Well, I think what yeah. you just said was really important because I don't think that's what everybody does. And I, but I, that I was going to say, what you just said is uh, the first thing you need to do if you're working on a live site and it's a client site and something breaks it, roll back, go back to a backup, get that site back online as soon as you can, yeah. then move over to a staging site. Even if you have to go and spin something up, clone something, whatever, you don't want to be working on that. Um, and I know not everybody does that, but I think that's really important. And yeah. then go make sure you're working with the 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 you know uh get it you know clone the website right there make sure you're working with a fresh site and then start troubleshooting but anyway that was really important Sarah and I didn't want to just clap glass over that no yeah worries. no 
I totally agree. And thanks, Eric, for uh, emphasizing that. And I think another thing you can do if you your host doesn't have staging built in and you don't have an easy way of like duplicating the site onto a subdomain or whatever, um, use use change local. Use, yeah, yeah, change hosts. <laughs> yeah, but uh, use Flywheel <laughs> Local, use desktop server, whatever. And because Flywheel Local is free, you can download a backup of the site and then uh, bring it into a local environment and then troubleshoot there. And sometimes that's actually good because the, and kind of the, it's rare, but there could be something that's conflicting with the hosting environment or the PHP version that's running on the host or whatever. And so bring it to a local environment, you can sometimes figure out, okay, well, it's working here. It wasn't working on the server. What's the issue? What are the differences? Um, and so that's another way you can do it too, uh, to work on the site. Um, so yeah, yeah, so to answer Sarah's question, what are the first steps you do? Um, in my opinion, it's it's uh, doing small baby steps to try to replicate where the issue is. And so if you're like running a bunch of updates at once and then something breaks, well, you have to backstep and figure out, okay, well, what is the one thing that changed yeah. to produce this issue? So you got to replicate, reproduce the issue by doing every plugin one at a time. Um, so then if, if once you isolate what plugin it is that's causing the problem when then typically what you have to do is is contact the developer contact uh their support system um a lot of times they already know about it um i can say this as a company that creates plugins um we have a lot of users that are using it and so if if there's an update that does break something which does happen then chances are we've already had multiple other customers that have um, reported it to us and we're already working on a solution or we already have a solution. We just haven't been able to push it live yet because we're still doing the final testing before we push it live to everyone. And so, um, so yeah, but one thing I do want to say though, as a plugin company is make sure you do report it because there's times where it's like, people will say, oh, like, uh, this broke. Everyone assumes everyone else reported it. <laughs> right, exactly. So chances are other people have, but not always. So you want to report it no matter what so that we can fix yeah. it because we can't fix an issue that we don't know about. So yeah, I've absolutely. Nick Roach so, say the same thing in groups. He's like, well, if this is a bug, like, because people will complain and he'll be like, have you, have you reported it to support? And they'll be like, no. He's like, all right, well, <laughs> we can't fix it unless you report it. I think it's good to report things. I'm reporting something at the moment, which is totally aside from this, which is that, um, so I got this new camera for this and there is this connection that connects it to the computer and I have discovered this bug. And this bug is that when I have one piece of software open, my camera won't work, which is a completely crazy bug. But I'm reporting it to both places that the issue is happening with. And I'm pretty sure neither of them are going to do something about it. But I feel like it's part of the responsibility, right, of just being able to tell them this thing is happening and I can tell you exactly when it happens and why it happens. And being able to give that information I think is really useful. Um, maybe this isn't quite the same scenario, but being able to say to, like, the plug-in people, what plugins you actually have running and like seeing if if you can debug a little bit of the process yourself you're helping them move a little bit further forward in the process so um that yeah. would be part of my recommendation but another way you can approach it so you could put it in staging and you could then update one plugin at a time and then work out which one like causes the break so you definitely can do that but another way that you can do it is you could just update everything again 
but deactivate all your plugins and just reactivate one plugin at a time and see which plugin. So that's the same way that you would debug if there's something going wrong with your website. So it's not necessarily from an update, but just something isn't working. Then putting it in staging, deactivating all plugins and then going one at a time. And sometimes it'll be a thing where you, you realize it's not just one plugin. It's like if these two plugins are active at the same time, I had an issue with Yoast and Essential Grid at one point. So if both Yoast and Essential Grid were active on this one particular website, then I would have issues. And so being able to work out, well, it's not just Essential Grid and it's not just Yoast. So you can't just go through the process of just having one plugin live at a time, but you actually have to kind of, it's a lot of kind of turning on and off things and then working out, is that thing still causing you whatever issue was happening so that you can work out, is it a conflict rather than it's just this one plugin that's causing the issues. Yeah, absolutely. And to add on to reporting issues that come up, even if you know, they already know about it because someone said, someone else said they reported it or whatever, still report it because a lot of companies, they fix bugs by order of priority, meaning how, how many, many people, people are whinging? struggling with this? <laughs> yeah. And, and Nick Roach mentioned that like Divi is such a complex software. There's so many moving parts to it and people yeah. report a, a lot of bugs and they'll have just a ton of bugs logged in their bug tracker. And so they have to prioritize some way. And so they prioritize based off of how many people have reported it, if, you know, or obviously they know if there's a big bug that's going to be affecting everyone because it's just such a major bug and they're going to go after that first. But there's bugs where it's like, hey, when I do this, this and this, while this plugin is active, then this bug happens. Well, it's like that's really specific. But if they realize that, like, hey, there's actually a lot of people that are doing this using this other third party plugin, well, then they're going to yeah. prioritize that. So report it so that it's another vote to for them to fix it sooner. <laughs> And so it's one of those things where say, okay, you've worked out there is this one particular plugin that's causing an issue when I update it. And so therefore, okay, I've gone back to the backup, which is great. Um, I've got it over here in staging where I can then send that staging site to the developer because developers love it when you send them a staging site that they're allowed to muck around with and maybe give them the FTP access so they can kind of like put in new versions or whatever. Um, the good thing is, unless it was a security update, it doesn't matter that you don't update that plugin. Now you've worked out, okay, there's this one plugin that's causing this issue. I can go and update everything else and then I can not update that one plugin. And if you feel like you, if your client is going to see that you're not updating it, you can report that to them. Like you can say to them, hey, just letting you know I've run all the updates, but this one update is having an issue. I've talked to the developer. They're working on it on a staging site but I'm not going to update this plugin for a while until I hear back from the developer. That's usually really reassuring to a client. Um, and then you can just, it can take however long it needs to take. As long as it's not a security update, it's okay for it to take however long it takes. And so it's all right if developers, you know, you know, if it takes a few backwards and forwards and it takes a week or even two weeks or whatever it takes, it doesn't matter so much because, really it was just fixing little bug fixes or it might not have fixed anything that was helping you in the first place and so you don't have to freak out so much i think sometimes we can get really like panicked that the process of working with developers can take a while it can take you know a week or two weeks or sometimes longer depending on what the, if it's a really finicky type thing but as long as it wasn't as long as you can have your live site in an active and capable and working function then it doesn't actually matter so much. So, yeah. Yeah, great points. Absolutely. 
Um, yeah, no, I couldn't agree more. And, and honestly, that's why I typically will choose a host that has one click staging because of just being yeah. able to do that and just like, here you go. This is a staging site. And as a plugin company, Sarah hit the nail on the head. Like when customers will say, here's the issue. And then here's yeah. access to the staging site. Like that is like gold. Um, Carlos, I, I don't know if he's in the chat today. Yeah, he is. Um, he's one of my support guys and he's our moderator here uh, on Divi chat. Um, he can attest to this. It's like beautiful thing when you have everything you need to go in and troubleshoot <laughs> compared to when a customer says like, Hey, this issue is happening. And they don't even like show you what page it's on or anything like that. It's like, okay, well, like we got to so give as to much information as you yeah. can. Actually, yeah. the I, other thing that I've I learned can... really helps is doing a loom video. If you can, yeah. if so That's say it's not killing say. your website, but it's a bug. I think being able to visually show it, especially because it's quite common that you would be working with someone who doesn't necessarily have English as their first language and they're pretty decent at kind of talking to you, but you explaining something, sometimes the way I'll explain something, you know, I'm going to use Australian language and, you know, I'm going to use things that aren't necessarily, or just trying to describe something in words is really freaking hard. So being able to show visually when I do this thing, this thing happens, it just shortcuts the process by about yeah. 10 steps, I reckon. And then being able to provide as much as you can, which is as much detail of what the issue is and why it's happening, which if the whole website's dead, like the whole website's dead. But if an error message comes up, copying and pasting that error message um, and then being able to hand over as much stuff as you can, being able to hand over a staging site with logins for them to use. So create them a login, don't give them your login create them yes. a login. If you're using WordFence two-factor authentication, there's an option when you create a new user to tick bypass 2FA for, um, I think it's for a week or for two weeks. So then they can log in without needing two-factor authentication. Um, so give them that and then give them an S SFTP access if possible as well is just going to shortcut the process. So if you want it to be faster, if you don't care how long it takes, maybe you don't need to worry about that so much. But if you want it to be a nice, quick and easy process and you want them to like you, my my thing is I want to be really nice to people who are helping fix things for me. So if I can be really nice to them and give them as much as I possibly can, which includes Loom videos and access and details, then they're going to want to do the work for me. So it's in my best interest to give them as much as I can. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and uh, sometimes it's, like not only will it take slower if you don't provide those things up front, but a lot of times that those things are still needed. So then it's just going to be more back and forth as yeah. it takes time to request it and, and set it up. So if you just do that from the beginning, then it saves everyone a lot of time. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, so we are coming up to the top of the hour, which we, are, as per usual, started late. Um, so we can go a few minutes over, but uh, any final thoughts today about the update process, breaking sites, restoring sites, anything like that? I would say, don't be afraid to, to, uh, to build a relationship with a developer, somebody that knows more than you do. And at, you know, go through some of these basic troubleshootings, but it's okay to get to the point where I got eventually was I didn't want to get too much further into learning troubleshooting and stuff like that. Cause I, di I didn't have any desire to get into, you know, PHP and, you know, other levels of things and stuff like that. So I've got 
you know, relationship with a couple different people that if something crashes, I can, you know, shoot them a Slack message or, you know, um, one of them's in our base camp and we have them look at it. Um, and before I even had that, just, you know, friends, you know, that you make in Facebook groups and stuff like that, because you can spend hours troubleshooting yeah. some of this stuff. And if you spend four hours troubleshooting something and you could have paid somebody 50 bucks to do it, well, you've got to decide how much, you know, was that $50 worth getting those four hours back where how much of a website could you have, prog you know, made progress on? you know, a new build or, you know, something like that. So you, you just kind of got to figure out, you know, how far are you going to go with it? And then at what point are you going to build a relationship with someone and bring someone on? Yeah. I love that. Great points. What about you, Sarah? Final thought? Uh, my final thoughts are it's okay for updating to take a while. So I think that one of the best things that I did was subscribe to that what is it Vuln WP it's something like that um so I pay I don't know how much I pay now like they turned it into a premium thing so you could pay for it but I Vuln WB DB something <laughs> I don't know. anyway I get emails every time there is a security update with any plugin and or with WordPress or with themes they and so I think if you don't pay you just get a weekly recap of like what are the ones for the week but if you pay for it and I think I pay a couple bucks a month something like that somewhere between two and five dollars a month and every like when an update um a security threat has been frowned it sends an email straight away so sometimes I'll, I'll wake up to six or seven emails in the morning and and then I can just quickly kind of in my mind go through and go no we're not running any of those plugins great move it aside and I think just having your head around what are security updates and what aren't security updates so that you can feel really confident that when you're going to run updates. So I'm still going to try and do them weekly. But if something causes an issue and I don't have time to do all the debugging, the however many hours it's going to take, rolling back to a backup, noting down, okay, that was an issue, even noting down the version of like what I tried to update to of all the things and then just holding off. Like if I don't have time and it's not a security update, all right, well, let's come back to it next week. Let's see if any of those plugin versions are at different versions. All right, let's have another go. And maybe I'll do that one in staging. But if I don't have time to debug it at the time, as long as I know they're not security updates, then I feel pretty confident. So for me, that few dollars a month is really worth it to kind of have my head across no, I have to update this. This is a security update. This one has to happen. And then maybe what I would do is potentially try just updating that one plugin that I know is the security update and then seeing where that's at. If that works fine, then just leave the rest of them and come back to it a week later. Um, that's kind of my approach if it's if I don't have time to do the debugging. If it's a if it's one that has to get updated, then I'm gonna have to do the debugging and then I'm gonna have to spend the time or pay someone to spend the time figuring it out. So they're yeah. my final thoughts. Love it. Um, before my final thought, I want to say a uh, big shout out to all of our loyal listeners that tune in live. Uh, thank you for participating and chatting. Um, it means the world to us. Uh, if you are listening to the replay later, do us a favor, give us a thumbs up. Um, 
And uh, if you're really eager to help us out, uh, write us a review. You can go to ratethispodcast.com slash Divi chat and just choose whatever app that you listen to the podcast on and uh, and give us a review. That helps more people discover Divi chat um, and so that they can be a part of our little family here. Um, and then the last thing I want to say about that is um, if you have any topic ideas, we love listener requested topics. Um, let us know. What do you want to hear? What do you want to learn more about? Um, even if it's something we've covered before, if we haven't covered it in a while, we'll do another episode on it because so much changes, our experience changes. We have we have fresh pan- thoughts. Panelists. <laughs> What's that? We have fresh thoughts. We change our opinions. Yeah, exactly. Fresh thoughts, fresh people, fresh panelists that haven't That's commented right. on uh, earlier topics. So, um, so yeah, let us know what you want to learn about. Um, so my final thought is don't be afraid to invest in tools to make your life easier when it comes to updates. So whether that's good hosting that has server level backups and staging, or it's using tools like managed WP or some of the competitors out there, um, don't be afraid to invest in those tools and or outsource. If you're like, I hate having to worry about this. I don't want this type of uh, role in my company. I don't want to do updates. Then bring someone on that handles it, like Eric mentioned with his team or use a service like Focus WP. Shout out to Stephanie, who uh, is not here today, uh, focuswp.co. You can outsource all the maintenance and update process to Focus WP, and then you can still bill your clients for it. And then you profit uh, the difference between what you pay Focus WP and what your client pays you. And, and then they love that. That's the whole, they built their business around that. So um, yeah, those are my final thoughts. Thank you, everyone, for tuning in live or watching the replay later, and uh, we will see you next time. Take care. Bye-bye.